0: Bearn again, ABC's
1: Welcome to the Bearnick ABC's where we discuss every song from 7 to Y And joining me tonight, we, I have Aaron, welcome Aaron
0: Hello, good to be here
1: And of course you may call her the new kid on the block, welcome Heidi Hello. And our guests tonight are not new to the show. I, I think I could easily say they are our most frequent return guests, longtime lovers of BNL, Andrew and Justin from Monster Squad Minute. Yay! We
2: win. it, <laughs> <laughs> other guests. What's the, car- yeah, what's, what's the prize? Cash? <laughs> uh, yes.
1: Uh, the camper. You get the camper. Ooh, sweet. sweet. <laughs> As soon as Jeff returns it. No issue I'll do it. And tonight, of course, we will be discussing the song New Kid on the Block. No, we did not change our formula. We're not changing bands. I said New Kid on the
3: Block.
0: Um,
1: Aaron, what album is this song from? Before I give it away. No, Tracy. Uh,
0: I think I've been on a bit of a cold streak lately. I think my last guess or two has been incorrect. So I got a big grin on my face when I heard this song. Huge Gordon vibes. I, I would bet quite confidently that this is from Gordon.
4: Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. oh. You're right. <laughs> I thought for
1: a while you were going with Grinning Streak with all the all the ways that you were vibing that i'm like oh my gosh he's so far off
0: steve, no i can't even <laughs> imagine this song being on grinning Street. no <laughs> this Still is Herbal, clearly steve made um steve made a secret appearance and didn't tell us and the <laughs> um
1: so but this wasn't first on grinning streak does anyone here know what was what it was so on you mean before gordon? grinning
0: Street? you mean gordon
1: i mean sorry you got me going with That's that now. Um, do, do you know what saw, what album this was on before
4: Gordon?
0: Well, they had like the yellow tapes or whatever, right? It on
4: yeah, it wasn't. No, wasn't was it on, on that. A, was it on a freebie at a gas station? Um...
1: No, you're getting closer though.
0: <laughs> the Eagles' Greatest Hits. <laughs> hell freezes over. Yes, hell over. back exactly. he in the yeah.
4: Corky and the Juice Pigs album. All right.
1: This actually first appeared on the Variety Recordings, which is really intriguing, and I'll tell you guys why. So this song hadn't appeared on any of the demo tapes prior to this point, all the way up through the Yellow Tape. The Variety Recordings was a demo tape that the record company made just before Gordon came out in August of 91, and they sent it to the radio stations to promote the upcoming album. This song was the first song on that album. So this is a song that had never been used anywhere other than maybe at some concerts. And the execs decided this should be the first song that radio stations hear and judge this band on.
2: They really wanted to hit that uh, novelty act uh, trigger there, hey? Yeah
1: that it's an interesting thing to go for especially with new kids being as popular as they, as they were at this moment in time
5: now with that said i just want to remind everybody that it was around the same time this song released i think don't quote me and i'm I quickly google to make sure they had just released a cartoon show. Yeah, so oh. the
2: the new kids cartoon show, uh, it ran fifteen episodes. It came on in nineteen ninety, and uh, so just and, yep. and it ran in syndication with those fifteen episodes until ninety three. Those fifteen episodes just kept wow. going. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: Just keep replaying them over like, and over. But like as again. popular Between that as
2: the new kids were at this time, it was equally popular to hate the new kids. So I could see
3: the producers
2: yes. were like, "Like this song is going to find an audience really quick." <laughs> and then it, well, did. it didn't. They they never I mean, released
5: it as a single. Very wisely.
2: <laughs> no, It's a fine. You know, Barely,
5: bare Yeah, bare naked ladies follow up hit. Hammered man. Uh, also kind of. <laughs> <laughs> really hit very yeah. good <laughs> I,
1: one of the things I think is interesting is that BNL wrote this song at a time when they were barely older than the band them, than the boy band themselves like the first time they reported playing this was in 1991 at the Horseshoe and like they that put Steve at about 20, 21 years old and the oldest members of New Kids on the Block were only a year older and the youngest were younger than him.
0: Well, Tracy, to paraphrase from Robin Hood Men in Tights, unlike some other bands, <laughs> we can write our own material. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Super harsh, Eric. Nicely done.
0: Now,
4: it's oh. interesting
2: because a lot of this a lot of this song is um, <laughs> sympathetic to their point of view, even though it's mocking the band, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm 23 and they won't let me grow up is, is in the lyrics. So like who takes a dark
0: turn though. And I lose all sympathy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, there's a couple of facts I want to make sure we get to, before we get to the discussion of the song, this song is actually a really deep dive. Not only is it on Gordon, they have only played this song three times between 1994 and 2006, and they have not played it again since 2006. So you have to go all the way back to 94 before to, to really find them playing this on a rotation. My guess as to the reason is that's when they lost Andy. Uh, and Andy is an important contributor to this song.
0: Okay. We believe you. okay. <laughs> like the ghostbusters. We're ready to believe you. Well, I mean, this is a very jazzy song, so I definitely believe that. Yeah.
1: Um, the other thing that's important about this song is that this was the first time that BNL actually appeared in a studio together, all five of them for a recording, because before this point it was four P piece- four of them at a time recording together. Um, and this was recorded before Gordon, so this was that this was that first time that they were all oh. in the recording studio together.
2: Something oh. else really weird about this song that kind of shocked me is that Bare Naked Ladies didn't write this song no. alone.
0: With Scott was, Dibble, correct. This was
2: written in Concord with one of their touring guys, Scott Dibble. Scott Dibble who, yeah. Uh Yeah, and he's one of uh, it's one of two songs that they wrote with somebody on Gordon. The other being Crazy. Mm-hmm. By the way,
1: Scott Dibble, we know you don't listen. Please come on the show.
2: <laughs>
1: right. Um, I actually wanted to talk about Scott Dibble for a little bit. Finally. Like, I tried to reach out to him. Scott, I, I can't find him. Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Scott Dibble was a person that actually toured with um, b for their first tour around Canada. Um, he was with the Watertown trio first, and then he signed on a label, had his first album called no singing at the dinner table. Um, he was, so he was during the tour of Canada, their first national tour, that's when he co-wrote this song with them. Um, and then Ed and Steve guest starred are on Dibble's second record, which was called one Phoebe street. Um, and he also has done a number of other things. For example, an, the band that he followed up with afterwards, Hemingway Corner, um, which is still doing things. Um, the when they did their first tour with him as part of the group, he would come back out because they were touring with Jan Arden, cool. and he would come out and do the duet of um, the her song "Unlove" hmm. for every single concert. Yeah. Cool.
4: That's
1: fair. And by the way, I recommend people go out and listen to Hemingway Quarter. Like it's really kind of cool. It's like they they describe themselves as Cosby Stills, Cosby Stills, National Cosby Young, oh, no. Cros- America, Cosby. Very Cosby. Sorry, I yeah. increasingly important very difference. Cosby.
3: <laughs> you, you see? Very, yes, yes. Because when seeing you, seeing you, know. jello, <laughs> you put the
0: put the oh, in your mouth,
5: and you know. And you sing about
1: the They call themselves CSNY Meets America, Meets the Eagles, singing some songs around the campfire. And I think that really describes what I was listening to Jeez, when right. I was listening to them last night. It it, it really is kind of cool.
4: Oh, our house is in a desert with a horse with no name, and um, do
0: they cover Dick
4: the- <laughs> trying to come up with another eagle's reference? There,
0: keep it going. Uh, and good. they
4: stopped at the Hotel California
5: over, yeah, go. Uh, Seven Bridges yep. Road. Something, oh no,
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I was actually gonna say everybody should go listen to Jan Arden too, but all right, yeah,
0: <laughs> classic Canadian act.
5: <accent. laughs>
0: mm. <laughs>
1: So the other group that I want to make sure we cover a little bit, and Heidi, you could you could talk a little bit more about this probably than I could, and and get it much more correct. Is new kids on the block? Um, it, it's a conceit in this song where they're talking about the band but not talking about the band.
4: See so the thing about new kids is this. So I was the oldest of four kids, and my sister is three years younger than me, so she was obsessed with new kids. By that point, I had moved on to Harry Connick Jr. I was in a swing band phase, and, like, I was, like, so Ooh. I, I congratulations. was congratulations in, in 74, so I was already in high school, like, by new kids' time, so it was it like i went to see him cuz my best friend got tickets and i was like sure i'll go see him and plus boys to men and so <laughs> so i do have the shirt but my sister was obsessed so if i had to hear please don't go girl one more time come out of the cassette tape i was going to freaking take that cassette tape and do an office session an office photocopy session with it. Um I I mean they were I've preferred Weird Al's um version of <laughs> the, the, I preferred the white stuff over the right stuff. Um of course. but I I thought I did think that um oh who was the cutie patootie? um that's how old I am who was the cutie patootie? he's still really cute the blonde
1: Joey McIntyre Joey
4: McIntyre he was kind of he was he was the only one that I was like oh he's kind of cute But the rest, I I was just like, I was so over the boy band thing (laughs) because it was the it was the first real boy band post the Beatles, the Stones, which I wouldn't call them boy bands. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't remember having boy bands in the 80s or 90s. Well, Durant and, but I mean, so the guy who created these
1: guys, Maury Star, actually created new editions.
4: Oh, I forgot about new edition and Minuto. Yeah. I totally forgot about Minuto.
1: And then new edition got rid of him. And musical youth (laughs) and musical youth. Yes. Oh, I
4: forgot about new edition. Yeah. That was Bobby Brown. Um, and so yeah that's true but it wasn't it wasn't my thing i was a dorky high school band geek like it was i was into again harry Connick was just coming out and he was young and he was hot and he could sing and he could play mm. and i became obsessed with him and then i went down a rabbit hole of 1940s swing music for a while
3: honey
0: listen i just <laughs> met <mad>
4: the <that you're laughs> reading my desk <list> here <laughs> Oh we're, good. We're so as good. far as new kids, like again, that, <laughs> like I remembered a few of their songs, but they were huge. My sister had their posters all over her walls. She listened to the the cassette tape over and over. And it was just it was so annoying. It was they were kind of annoying. And they had the dance moves and stuff, but I just it wasn't it wasn't my scene. I was just two years above that scene. And,
1: and I think that's important. Well can we go ahead? Can we
2: yeah, sorry. I, I just wanted to ask if we could go around the horn and ask for people's that history one. with the new kids. Because, like, for me, like, I came to school one day and, it like, overnight mm-hmm. they were everywhere. And everybody was asking you, oh, who's your favorite new kid? And it wasn't just girls. It was guys, too. And and it suddenly happened and it completely passed me by. And I'm I'm not trying to be a cool guy about that. And and be like, I hated the new kids. I just it was something that completely missed me entirely. Um, so, like, be honest, everybody, did who who here like the new kids? I'm not gonna make fun.
5: I I'm sad to say that the only reason I can ever remember hearing about them or witnessing what they looked like was because of our our views, version of MTV mm-hmm. Much Music. Because their videos were playing all the time. Step by step, step had a cute little beat to it, and the and the unfortunate earworm that it is. And the mm-hmm. older brother, Joey's uh, older brother, were they? Siblings?
1: Jordan and John were siblings. The one with Jordan. the awesome
5: hair.
4: No, Jordan had good hair. You're no, right.
5: Danny was Jordan.
4: Danny, no, no, yeah. Danny
5: was the buff one. Anyway. <laughs> Donny, uh,
4: Well, no, there is
1: Donnie. a Danny
5: too. Danny no. Wood. Oh, well, there you go. And he's tan and ripped. <laughs> no, come on. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, I remember seeing him a bunch with the shoulder pads and the jacket and the dancing, and it was all fine. Uh, but honestly, I'm, I'm with Andrew. It's not that it wasn't in my wheelhouse. I mean, it existed, and I knew it was there. But like him, like all of my friends' younger sisters, I was the third child in our household. I was the baby. So when this came along, I was Andrew's age, too, so I was about somewhere in between too old for this and also definitely not the right demographic. Yeah. So, and have, is it. I saw well, it They were out like this. Whatever. Have
2: you listened to them lately? Like, like, like what you were saying is true that like, I remembered, I was thinking back getting ready for this episode thinking like, Oh, all those so- songs had a really good kick, uh, uh, hook to them though. Right. Step by step and hang in. That's what was great about them right like that's amazing and then i went back and listened to them all and they all sound like mini pops like it's yeah. it's just the guys singing and maybe one yeah. synth like there's no there's no mm-hmm. wall of sound there's no I don't know maybe it's just the way music has evolved that there's a lot more happening in songs now but it's very thin If you well, at that
4: time I mean mm-hmm. I spent every I I went to a big high, I went to Manchester Central High School in Manchester New Hampshire and my best friend lived right across the street and we would go home and watch MTV every day at noon during lunch, and it was all hair bands. So I was totally when I wasn't listening to Harry Connick Jr. It was all hair bands all the time. Like I would go, and so that same time period, we had White Snake, and we had Bon Jovi, and we had you know Guns N Roses, and Roses, and like you name the white band. There was White Snake and White Lion, and white T- and like there were lions and tigers and bears.
2: <laughs> there was a lot there of white were guys. sound there, <laughs> yeah.
4: and musicians and. Friggin' bang and like drummers and stuff. New kids was but like if you listen like
1: not that. If you listen to the pop pop at that time, pop pop at that time was very simplistic. I mean, you think about Cindy Lopper, you think about Madonna, you think about I mean there it's basically person with synth and, and fake drums in the background. And And if you go back and listen, I was mentioning before New Edition, um, which Maurice Starr also created there, you listen to New Edition, then you listen to to new kids on the block and there is literally no difference between the two or any of the sounds of those bands
4: which is why i think when boys to men and those that next gr- like they were something so special and so different and their yeah. harmonies were magic because they were quality musicians nope. but this is when they started then figuring out the formula of the boy band and that's why in the 90s the late 90s we ended up with and sync and 98 Degrees and Backstreet Boys and you name it um, right. because they figured out the formula they built, they off, built off from the Backstreet Boys and New Edition. But um, but this was the original was, formula. Yeah.
5: Like, yeah. It, does no one have love oh. for Color me, Color me Bad? Let's just take a <laughs> look <off right> here. <laughs> And,
2: and what's it, interesting about this is everybody and, and this song does it too. Like everybody hated this band because it was a it was a put together band. Like yes. a, a producer went out and put them together just two years before these guys hit big, Millie Vanilli was crucified for being a fake put together band.
4: Oh my god. I still have that cassette tape. I still have the Millie. It's a great tape. It was. Well indeed.
1: And these guys were crucified as well for the, almost the same exact reason. So right. at one, when they, just after new kids hit it big, one of the people that one of the people that were in the studio with them during that second recording, the second record said, these guys aren't singing their real stuff. They're doing, uh, they're doing all this lip syncing on stage. Just after Millie Vanilli got caught, there was a huge scandal New kids came out and and actually flew back. They were in Australia, flew back to America, and got on one of the talk shows and said, "No, we we do our singing on stage. Yes, we use a background tape, but that's for our background vocals and the background sounds. But we we do everything else live, um, meaning dancing and." lead vocals guys
4: um <laughs> but I think it was too late at that point I, I, because again then yeah. you had hair bands moving into grunge and I was in college yep. throughout grunge and that like so that just took over so no more new kids like that I don't think they ever really recovered from that except for the nostalgia factor no. which then spurred the reunion tours but
2: But what's fascinating is that really grunge was its own thing. And then grunge was much more about the hair bands. When you look at how music progressed, grunge now feels more like it stopped. And then new kids just took over and it's been new kids ever since. Because, you know, we hated new kids because they were manufactured. We hated them because they weren't singing the songs on stage. We hated them because they weren't writing their own songs. And then by the late 90s, like five years after these guys... Uh, Spice Girls were doing it Britney Spears was doing it and nobody cared like that's what you do at that point and, right. and we're fine with it like as late capitalism takes hold and we're like well it doesn't really matter why they're there they're just trying to make money of course they've got a perfume of course they're they're pushing these shoes of course they don't sing on stage they're dancing <laughs> like we don't care about that stuff anymore even though that stuff was death at the time that New Kids was coming out yeah
5: no, I'm sad. <laughs> you should be, add? and I thought that's what grunge
0: was supposed to.
1: Do. <laughs> hey, Aaron, but we never just... asked you. Did did you encounter oh, yeah. new kids on the block
0: <laughs> in the crib? Oh, I was going to say that I hated them with a fiery passion, but that's not accurate. They really weren't on my radar too much. I was peripherally aware of them. I had heard a few of their songs in passing. Um, my my real ire is is reserved for Hanson because I had a young sister, and that was perfect.
4: Dude, I've heard New Hanson stuff is pretty uh, look, good. Look, though. look, look,
0: look! <laughs> Nothing against Hanson. We know you listen, Ooh. boys. Come on the show, <laughs> uh, and, and you know, <laughs> I will. You listen <laughs> here. They played their yeah, own instruments. and they wrote their own music. I believe so. Like, uh, so like, no respect to them for that. But <laughs> I just right. uh, I heard Umbop about five million times <laughs> in this. Wrote the songs. Oh, their songs were garbage. But still, summer, they wrote them. So it was uh, <laughs>
4: and they were this big. <laughs> you like, got to put them all in your pocket. Hey, we're so
0: cute. It was like water torture for my ears. You know, it was the same thing over and over and over again. That that, that was the real fire. But I've never been into, I don't really, you know, when I was in my younger and more wild years, I, I, I hated music more. I hated boy bands and like um, modern pop country and stuff like that. These days, I just, you know, I just, I just don't like things, you know, so I'm not really, I'm not really like, you know, super passionate about oh man how dare someone listen to that like you like what you like so it is what it is but i've never been really into boy bands um not my thing but you know but more power to those that do write their own songs and same goes for like the the pop princesses and stuff well what's interesting too is that new kids we're writing their own songs.
2: At least some of them. Not the big ones. Maurice Starr wrote the big ones that everybody remembers. They'll talk about the parallel to Elvis <laughs> in the lyrics. Exactly. He, right, exactly. But like Donnie Wahlberg was writing yeah. his own songs when like, he was the first new kid hired, and they kind of built the band around him. Mm-hmm. And he wrote the song New Kids on the Block that they took their their name from. So they were even kind of doing more than this song positive yes
4: granted if we didn't have new kids and though mark was only there for a short time would we have the amazing incredible mark Wahlberg now come on
5: swing <laughs> I mean, good
2: vibrations was mark Wahlberg in the new He kids? was
4: for only a few months because he was donny's yeah he was like two months but i have uh, to believe that on, that swing. shoved him off into good vibrations and then that shoved him off into being the very amazing um on-screen actor that i adore today
1: oh yeah he had to have been like i'm not singing this stuff let me write good vibrations like that's much better
4: (laughs) (laughs) that's so crappy
1: well and that's donnie's type music like if you listen to the stuff donnie writes donnie is much more in line with that kind of rapping type of stuff um and and I don't think Donnie was very happy at times with, with where the direction was going with the band either, but um, it, it was formulated. Like they, they, they brought people in and dropped people because it didn't quite work with the formula they were going with. And then they are like, okay, well, we need, now we need a Michael Jackson. Um, so that, And that was actually Star's direct quote. We need a Michael Jackson to bring into this group. And that's when they hired McIntyre.
2: sure
1: <laughs> i knew michael yeah, J. I i mean just look Star at the guy it's clearly michael Well, Jackson. and that's the other thing about this band i hate to say it but i have to bring it up maurice Starr started new edition his whole point for creating this band was he wanted to he wanted to capture the teenage white females and he wanted to have a white rap pop r&b group oh. to be the compromise of new edition that was his statement about why he started new kids
0: on the block
4: so
0: it's the Elvis theory, pretty much, because it's the Elvis yeah. theory. Yeah, you wanted to capture teenage white females. <laughs> Sounds more like the Weinstein theory. Okay. Oh th- wait, wait, this dungeon. makes sense now wait, because what?
5: Donnie Wahlberg eventually started I mean... saw. It's coming full circle here. I see where this is all going. See?
2: <laughs> oh, I like that. I like it's that. <laughs> That's a great. Players. Like a circular <laughs> yeah. song.
4: Yeah. <laughs> like
5: you know, the new kids on the block better with
0: cereal was in
5: there <laughs> and, and see then we're going right back to men in tights again see it's all coming together
0: <laughs> it's all coming around yeah oh, it's all- we have stepped through the looking we need glass to make here. like a youtube conspiracy oh, video for right. this episode
1: well Aunt, Andrew, i haven't really, answered I, your question yet and i i normally would just pass it by but i do have to say i was the perfect age for this band um I was I was right in seventh eighth grade when they when they broke out, Um, and I gotta say I hated this band, Um, and and it was true. Either the either you really loved this band and you were like fanatical about them, or you hated this band. If you were in that age range, and all the girls in my grade were very much like,
4: oh my god, I got, And,
1: and like that's all they would talk about at recess. And the boys were just like, oh, enough. And I, I wasn't a typical guy. I also didn't hang out with the girls, but what hit me was like, I hate this music. Like, I don't want to hear this. I didn't care what they looked like. I didn't care what, you know, what kind of, whether or not they were popular. I just cared about the fact that their music was horrible
2: <laughs> and it was, you were like, "Excuse me, in a world uh, where MC yes. Hammer is on the other <laughs> yes. channel, why am I listening yes. to this?"
0: You can't, we know you listen, so, <laughs> so please come on and defend
1: And I just got like I I don't like what they're trying to do. Like, he, one of the songs that hit big was uh, "Didn't I Didn't I get follow-
4: all this time dinner." Yeah, I know. I hate them and yet I I still hear them in my head. Which is a
1: seventies song by the Delphonics. And and that's the Delphonics. And I love the Delphonics version, but the fact that they're trying to do they're trying to do seventies B music to try to sell it to the white group and back it with an eighty synth sound. Just sounds horrible to me. You're
4: very angry about I, this, I, I hate
1: think... this sound. You're still angry. You want to
4: talk about it? I, I gotta like, say, all I listened
1: to eight songs by New Kids this week, and it made me furious.
2: Why? Why?
3: Why, why, why did why I listen
1: to them? Or why did it make me
4: furious? It, <laughs> you know, why would you do that to yourself? These
2: songs are honestly, I, <laughs> they're these songs are contentless. Like, there's there's nothing to well, hate here you know it's just a lot of
1: anger I, I, into the it. thing that i hate about yeah. it is
2: that they are
1: contentless that they are they are basically written to to, in, to intrigue and pull in the teenage females and like it's all about pretty girl i wanted you i love you Pete, please accept me pretty girl it it is formally I mean, you're, you're
2: describing
0: 70 years of <laughs> exactly. pop
1: Exactly, <culture. laughs> right, Andrew. But it's done badly.
0: <laughs> A couple of observations. One, it occurs to me this is the musical equivalent of cotton candy.
1: Thank you, yes. No, 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 no. Candy corn. Oh, candy man.
0: corn.
4: Oh, but we've had bubblegum pop for years. Like, because
0: you think it's going to be like, this could be okay. And then you're like, no, regret. No, why? Why?
4: Like you either candy. really like candy
0: corn. corn
1: or you're like, this is the worst thing ever created. No, I'm pretty, I'm pretty meh about candy corn. <laughs> I don't
0: and I'll, I'll eat a little bit if someone puts it out in the dish, but I'm not going to eat like more than a few pieces. I'm like, okay, that's good. I had my candy corn experience. I refreshed that. We're good for another year. Wait till Halloween comes around.
2: I'm facing eyes into the candy corn. I love <laughs> that stuff. So. It, cool.
4: but no, the no, pumpkins, uh, though, are too much, don't you think? like the oh, yeah, candy yeah, yeah, yeah. Are okay, but the pumpkins yeah, are they're just they're too large. much.
0: Plus, then you can't hold them up to your teeth. Yeah, and be, yeah. And, it's and, fire. And, and even worse, is circus much. peanuts. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, so- don't get me started on circus peanuts. <laughs> no, but... Uh, <laughs> so, what you're describing is interesting, because I- I'd be curious to hear everyone's take on, like, more modern iterations of this, like Justin Bieber. Although, I would say, Bieber, I believe, does write his own material, and I've seen him, actually, like, videos of him, like, drumming and playing. <laughs> I-, I
4: gotta say, I saw Bieber, Aaron. Um, My daughter... Sorry, Aaron, I cut you off. Go no, ahead. No, I was just gonna
0: say he's pretty legit talent. Like I, I was surprised when I like
4: oh. I was dreading B- <S-H-> Bieber and my daughters came up in the time of the Cheetah Girls and Bieber oh, yeah. and Hannah Montana yeah. so I took my daughter she was I think 12 or 13 at the time to see Justin Bieber at an, a, a <laughs> stadium concert and it was the loudest thing I've ever been to in my oh. life. The, the high pitched girl screams <laughs> they're they're flames down my face Um they're just insane, <laughs> but I then after dreading it, after I I admitted that he was one heck of a musician. He played numerous instruments, and I was very impressed by his musicianship.
2: So, yeah. but were the songs any good? No,
4: no, the songs weren't very good at all. Um, but I was impressed with and his showmanship. Is- and, oh, and, thing- I mean, he's no Barry Manilow, but you know.
0: <laughs> oh, I want to well, get nobody. To fight- Holy wars here, but. Uh- No, I I had an observation, but the reason I brought this up is, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Bo Burnham. He's a comedian, and he's actually a very talented musician as well. He recently put out a special Inside. Uh, But from a previous album or, or tour or whatnot, he had a song called Repeat Stuff, I believe, which was essentially this conversation in a nutshell. It was about how like, Every one of these kind of boy band pop songs is written to be as generic as possible, like like Mm -hmm. a fortune cookie or like you know astrology or something, so that you'd be like, oh, that applies to me. And one of the notes I made this week while watching all these, I'm not going to call them wonderful videos. These
1: videos um, was there were two of them: "Be My Girl" and "Please Don't Go, Girl." I think they literally used exactly the same footage and just rearranged it for those two videos. I was watching, going, oh, "Oh my gosh!"
0: Lyrics, like it was a. And
1: the song "Stop It, Girl"
0: sounds so much <laughs> like the Osmonds. Sorry, I'm just laughing at how many song titles have "girl" in the title. Like every single one. And yeah. by the by, the but, way,
1: New Edition's major hit "Candy Girl," like "Candy Girl," "Candy
0: Girl." <laughs> with the, show, the uh, sketch comedy show Mr. Show with uh, yeah. <laughs> Bob Odenkirk and David Cross they had a, uh, a band called Three Times One Minus One and like every single video is like, ew girl ew girl <laughs> <laughs> Um, So Stop It Girl I was listening to it
1: and I'm like, wait I know this song It's because it was almost a direct ripoff of the Osmond song, One Bad Apple, if you put rap music behind it. And I'm like, oh my god, how did they not get sued for sounding so similar to all this other stuff, all these other boy bands?
5: Probably because the Osmonds were like at odds at the time or something. Yeah,
4: no, probably <laughs> they weren't paying any attention. Yeah.
5: But anyways, like, yeah, I didn't think... something to do Weight Watchers. <laughs> oh no, Jay Craig. Jay Craig. Sorry, sorry.
1: <laughs> and, and and by the way, the I have to say this. The most disgusting video I watched this week was Cover Girl once again Aaron um, and so Donnie is sitting there throwing his pelvis around like he's Elvis talking about his girlfriend being pretty enough to be a cover girl so then he reaches down into the audience and brings a five-year-old girl up onto the stage with him this is the official this is the official oh. video he's singing to her down on her level saying while I'm looking through the pictures in a magazine you're Pretty smiles, the prettiest I've ever seen. I'm like, no, this, no, no, this is not happening. This is disgusting.
4: And now, now that they're older and have kids themselves, I'm sure that they're looking at going, that was wrong. That was
1: just bad. That That, was really wrong. (laughs) That was the point where I turned it off last night. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm done with new kids on the block tonight.
5: That's it. That's fair.
4: Can, can we talk about B&L now? Cause, let's talk um, about b I, B&L. I love them.
5: No, let's talk about Harry Connick Jr.
4: <laughs> I love him
5: too. I'm all good. Aaron, Heidi, which one? Yeah, how does everybody feel about Star Turtle?
4: Oh, I forgot about Star Turtle. I haven't listened to that album in a long time.
5: I was going to go through all three of his Christmas albums. Sit down.
1: <laughs> Aaron, Heidi, yeah, which one of you guys wants to take it this week?
0: Heidi. Uh, you want to go for
4: it? I can go for it. Uh, so it clocks in at about 169 beats per minute. So it's pretty upbeat. It is in the key of C, but interestingly ah. enough, it does not start in C. It starts in the E minor. So it's E minor to C. So it why it is in C, but it's unusual because he does. Uh, he, he moves from a three to a one chord. So it's like the minor three into the one. And he goes back and forth between A minor and C for most of the song until he flips into the four chord with the F chord in the chorus. Um, the In the pre-chorus, he does dip into the five chord. He goes to the five, six, four progression with the, now I'm a new kid on the block. Well, I'm 23 and they won't let me grow up, that part. So that shifts a little bit in the pre-chorus. But it's a pretty interesting um, chord progression because, again, it does not start on C, but it is in C. You want to take the backside there, Aaron, and talk about the form?
0: Sure. Well, uh, so we have the intro, which is our A changes, same as a verse, and you have verse 1, chorus, which is your B changes, verse 2, chorus. Chorus again, this time with different lyrics. Then we have this... Mm-hmm. Wonderful, like halftime feel breakdown coming into the bridge with some really lovely instrumentation and a fantastic fretless bass solo that I really enjoyed. Hmm. And then verse three, which takes the place of the uh, kind of cathartic bridge that we've talked about in the past, where like Steve's, his his vocals are just like amazing on that final (laughs) verse. He really goes for it. Super on point. That's the I didn't ask (laughs) to be famous verse. And then you have the final chorus, and then it repeats. So you have A, A, B, A, B, B, C, A, B, B. Now, it's interesting. You noted something that I, that I landed on, and I wanted to kind of talk this over with you, Heidi. Sure. Um, as far as the, the key of the song. So mm-hmm. in my opinion, it was either moving from E minor to A minor, or... I think you're right. I think it's basically in C, and it's just two modes. I think it goes from E Phrygian to A Aeolian, which is just A minor, anyways. You think that's what they? That's, did? I
4: think that's exactly what they were doing. That's where I was going with it as well.
0: I agree. Off
4: Absolutely. their
1: first album, like that's where they decide to go on their first album.
0: I love yeah. how like jazzy it-, it is. It's it's subtly complex. It's it's somehow. More simplistic than it sounds, but also more complex than it sounds at the same time. I love time. the
5: fact you touched on the bass, just because that slaps Gordon right. Oh, away. I love it. Oh,
0: it I love every
5: bit Can I ask one thing, just? Before? And it it so
2: defines the early. Sorry, Justin, but it it defines early BNL so much, and it's the thing that I miss the most in late BNL. How yeah. heavy yes. they're on the. And
1: thank you for saying continue, the Creegans, because the I I love the congas and shakers that yeah, that Andy. Andy is doing in the song. Yeah.
5: Well, Go ahead, Justin. Th- 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 that was the other thing I was going to say. Two things. One, when you were breaking down the ABABCD. By the way, I listened to Abacab by Genesis recently. I only realized that was what it was about. But anyway, uh, when you were breaking down the verses, uh, I called it a faux chorus. Like It was almost like that mm-hmm. one chorus that he was about to break into, and then he talks about the draft, and then the woman calls back to him, and then it's the real chorus. Mm-hmm. It's the only time I've ever heard them do this. This whole idea, mm-hmm. like it was, this was technically the chorus, but it was another verse because it was only Steve singing. And I wanted to call. We do that. have
4: some other examples of pre-choruses. Okay, um, but in this um, case, it was like a fo- brain, it was like a
5: faux fo- chorus. It was like he was going into the chorus, yeah. but it wasn't the chorus. And the reason was because the auto-tuned backers weren't there. And I wanted to ask everybody about this. I don't know if this is the time to ask it or not, but were the frigging choruses auto-tuned? Because the boys... And I wondered if they were making fun of the new kids on the block when they did it. Because every time the chorus comes in and all the boys come in, it sounds artificial. And it's the only time in the whole song it sounds artificially done. And I need somebody else to back me up on this because I think I'm nuts.
0: And <laughs> to to this again, but you, you very well may be right.
5: And I wondered if it was like them actually poking fun at the boys and the, the kids on the block. Or if it was just... Something they did in studio or what? But every time it was the real chorus, like the new kids, and they were all singing together. It was the chorus, and they were all singing. But the only time, and there was this faux chorus in the middle. And I'm not trying to harp on it, but it's bugging me. I don't know what else to say. It's just like it's there. It's it's a large S in the room that I need to touch on. there's something artificial and, it, and I noticed it and I just needed to bring it up at some point. And I figured they're talking about music. I'll do it now.
4: <laughs> they dropped him in the fishbowl again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think that he would do it as an insult though, or as a, as a, a joke toward new kids. Cause they sound like they're being rel- relatively referential well, in this song. Um, maybe, maybe as a, as a recognition toward them or something like yeah. that.
5: But I noticed it and that's and I just love that there was he almost sounded like he was about to start the chorus and then it goes into the real chorus. And I love that. Can I also ask, did anybody else think this sounded like Dirty Hank?
1: I can see that.
5: Like the the melody and the rhythm of it, especially at the beginning where it's kind of down reminds Mm -hmm. me a lot of that song. Yeah, I can see that. That's all I had to... Yeah,
4: Yeah, that does sound very similar to (laughs) Strahat.
2: Can I just say, like, before we get deep into the lyrics too, as we're getting into it, just in the context of Gordon is really interesting because... You know, this is, by my count, and, and I may be wrong, this is one of three songs on Gordon named after another artist. It's one of five songs directly about the music industry, and it's at least one of six that directly or indirectly references another oh artist in God. the music industry. Oh, and it's... God. Right? And and you don't realize it when you're thinking you about it, but old, like Yoko yeah, ono yeah. and
4: Ryan Wilson. Brian Wilson. I, um, I had the same
2: Brian. note. I said, yeah.
4: wow, on oh, one hmm. album...
1: They defend Yoko Ono, they slam Elvis, they defend the new kids on the block and Lindsay Buckingham, and they talk about being depressed like Brian Wilson and then slam Halifax. Like that that is a gutsy and way to go out. They
4: protect in Ann, Ann Murray's like amazingness. Well that's
1: later. <laughs> well that that's a,
2: that's the next album. <laughs>
4: Oh, that's the next album. That's right. But I was thinking you gotta include Anne Murray. But
2: it's interesting because, that's right. like, that's on like, you know, Bare Naked Ladies came out of just a couple of music dorks. Like, even the name came out of them pretending to be music journalists and listing a bunch of ridiculous <laughs> names. So it's interesting that their first big wide album that's going out has three mm-hmm. songs at least that are almost entirely yeah. about another album. Wow. No, that's a really good point. Yeah.
4: Wow, my brain just exploded a little bit. It's going to ooze out my ear. I'm not going to be. It's weird, right? Tomorrow it's going to be really weird.
2: Apologize to your class for me.
4: Or you could just talk about this song.
2: Just
1: Just, just play it over and over again. Just over and over. Yeah.
5: (laughs) Remember the 90s? Kids love the new kids.
1: No. So Aaron, I want to go back to what you were saying about Stephen's voice in this. It is its own character. And I, the fact that he's going like really super deep, really super high, and he's straining, he's relaxing. I mean, it adds complexity, but it also, he's very earnest in this song. And I think that's what makes me love it as much as I do.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially that last verse where he really just kind of like drops the veneer and just kind of goes for it. It's, I, we'll, we'll kind of, this crosses over into a discussion of the lyrics, but like, you know, I, I feel like the first couple of verses are kind of him trying to be relatable. The, the narrator, I should say, not not Steven, but, you know, whoever the narrator of the song would be the boy band, uh, this, we'll, we'll say Donnie. We'll say, we'll say it's Donnie Wahlberg. Um, <laughs> why not uh it could but, yeah. be any of them because they all had curls yes. so uh but yeah like Mark, Mark, mark's right. brother uh is uh is singing and trying to um trying to be like Hey, yeah, yeah you know like uh it, it, this is harder than it looks you know like i'm and, and to an extent and this is why i say like i think to a certain extent like they you they kind of win you over em- empathetically speaking early on in the song it's just like yeah you know like Somebody mentioned Michael Jackson, you know, like I, I wouldn't compare the new kids to Michael on any level, but like, but like as an example, Michael Jackson, say what you will about the man. He was robbed of his childhood yeah. and basically very similar to to Mozart, actually, where his parents had him go on tour and perform for people from like the age of five or whatever. Um, so, you know, but to a certain extent that you do see that happening here where they're not able to they feel like they're they're kind of stuck in this kind of teenage persona that they're playing and they can't, they almost like Peter Pan, they can't grow up. You know what I mean? Or they're like, they're not being allowed to do
4: it. Right.
2: Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting because with Michael, it, like because he had to grow up so fast and right. was denied that, it kind of seemed to have stunted his growth later, yeah. uh, at least emotionally. But where what this song is positing is that these are fully grown people who are not being allowed to be people. It's not that they didn't have a childhood. They did. And now they want to leave it behind. And they're not allowed to do that because... They are tween girl fodder, and that's where they're going to stay as kids. It's mm-hmm. even in the name; they're kids. You're not allowed to grow up.
4: Well, and it was you like I mean? you think back to the Beatlemania, or you know the crazed Elvis fans and things like that. But this that was not in the age of MTV. That was not in the age of music video. So girls had access to them twenty four seven. You could turn on the TV, and there there they were. Um, and so you felt like you owned a piece of them, not me personally, but I think in some ways, and then you bought the lunchbox and you had, my sister had all of the pins and the jacket that had new kids on the back and you know, all of those things. And so you, you really, and for some, it really blurred the lines, I think uh, for some, especially prepubescent early young teenage girls, like they really, again, thought that they, they earned a, Part of the band, if you will, kind of like when people would rip off Elvis's clothes or you know uh, uh, part of um, of the Beatles stuff, but I think that that was that's the issue too. Is it's they had them so there they didn't have a choice. Like they got into this, they wanted to have fun, they wanted to have a band, they wanted to you know. But then when it became like, holy crap. Like I, my best friend played. Okay. So my best friend um, and I grew up in Salvation Army um, um, church and she worked at Camp Sebago, which is the Salvation Army summer camp up in Sebago Lake in Maine. They were doing, new kids were doing, this was 91. They were doing a show in Portland and they needed a, a, a backup kids chorus to sing for this one's for the children. Remember that song? And so they had hired, well, they had not hired, but they invited these camp counselors from Camp Sebago to go do the show. So Laura May, my best friend since we were 12, she went to do that show and they, like she said, it was just insane. The security was insane. You couldn't even get near them. They threw them in a green room and then they ran out of time, could not do the thing, but she had picked up like a rose or something that was supposed to be for Donnie or one of them. And, but she said it was, it, Like who would want to live like that because you, you lose now, granted that's the price, right? The price of success is, is to have total access, but do you really expect to lose that?
1: But I think it's interesting. Like, so Steve actually like realized this before they even hit it big. Like he's, he's sitting here and reflecting on what it must be like for this band that has become big that's actually right at their age and he you know for him to be going they're a boy band but they're stuck in in being late teens they can't grow up that's never going to happen to us we're not a boy band we're we're at we came in and started at the right time where we're adults and we can we can grow from there and like not only they're the same age but he can put himself into that other place none of the new kids were even 23 when he wrote this song but he's got this he's got this line about you know what it must be like now that they're 23 and you know the fact that the the person at the the draft place says you've ruined my daughter's you broke my daughter's heart like and is putting himself into that place of like hey that what that must be like well
4: remember um yeah, and
2: it's interesting. It, it's their first album, and he's thinking about the dark side of fame and being washed up. Like, yeah, no, King of okay. Bedside Box Manor. Manor. Or, Box not set. King of Bedside Manor. Box set. Well, King of is Manor. Box set. Is being washed up. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like, like <laughs> lay off, man. Just enjoy. I don't
4: think Steve could Come ever on, enjoy Steve.
2: the <laughs> But they do it in such
1: a happy way. Like That's the other thing. This is a really... Like, if you played this in a minor key and slow, this would be they a depressing their own expiration didn't they? But because it's so upbeat and in a major mm. key, it is a bopper. It is a rocker.
5: I wondered about that, too, now that I think about it. Uh, because this album is also what kind of introduced uh, b to the world, Gordon, and...
0: Middle aged radiated of their
5: goofball antics whenever they're singing former here they are running around in like cargo shorts and T shirts, dancing on stage and doing goofball <laughs> antics that I envy in my back aching years now. Uh, but I still wear the cargo shorts. Yes. Uh, but it's the idea that like they were yes. doing a different version of the same thing of just being a bunch of, you know, music nerds doing it different but they were still being very childish in some of their approach, so it's kind of ironic that here they are you know, thumbing their nose at the guys who will never grow up with Peter Pan complex and all that, yet at the same time they will forever be known as the one wait
0: people.
2: They're like, no, they're I, never going to reach say, the sure leather that pants do. phase of being a oh, i sure I mean, that I love really the lyrics, because
0: uh, it's kind of gross, you know, but they're I think
4: touring, but they're the most singing their singing stuff, lyric is at the very end, thing.
0: right? Like, where they, they say um we're suspending you know, your daughter on our bus as like new that's kids a big the like and they me, weren't going to keep
4: a ban that was new what kind of made it interesting in because again they have 40s. been building like that empathy, so it's it's basically a nostalgia reunion act. And you're like, oh, well, even their I, new stuff is not what is at all. well, even their new songs. I, I think I that's why I like their the new songs is it's it's because it's a character
0: study, rewriting, songs, but it's old like you know, it's, it's kind of like showing some you the good end of things. I know it's very negative, but almost this. it's almost in some ways, it feels like almost has that boy band feel, but not all of what they have to deal with is positive. But at the same time, maybe they're kind of gross people, too. And the (laughs) other side of it,
5: too, is they kind of kicked themselves in the pants already with the words new and the words kid right at the beginning. (laughs) I mean, they are neither now. So this band. Yeah. Old men men at the home. I don't know. (laughs) I think
2: one of their new albums is just called The Block, right? because they're not new or kids anymore. It's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Maybe they should have just gone with their
1: original name, Nunick.
4: Hold on, Noah's T-shirt of the night. Ready? Ready? Ready?
5: (laughs) Oh! Can
4: you see it? It's in reverse. Uh. (laughs) Sorry, buddy.
5: I love you. Remember, the P is silent. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, my kid my kid rocks. I'm just saying.
1: So lyrics, <laughs> we've been going on about lyrics for a little while. Are there any lyrics that you guys absolutely love in this song?
2: Um go for it. <laughs>
0: gonna say over Mike if you'd like a piece of apologize please come on the show I know you listen I'm sure he'd love to go over that <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: well and that line in the the fight line really gives across this like this ugly edginess that donnie was kind of always trying to portray for the group like in his songs that he was writing and i think that it it does give it that like oh we're we're this pop happy kind of pop corny kind of band but yeah there's an undercurrent (laughs)
2: It's interesting because both the things you're talking about are elements of toxic Mm -hmm. masculinity, right? Like this kind of using women as though they're objects and also violence. And particularly both Mark and Donnie Mm -hmm. Wahlberg have early, really horrific bouts of violence. Donnie Wahlberg almost got 20 years in prison for an arson charge when he lit a hotel carpet on fire. And Mark Wahlberg, of course, committed a hate crime. He beat a man uh, until he was blind in one eye because he was Asian. So you know, both of these guys had you know whatever they made of their lives after, and maybe they're very sorry. Well, they've I never come know. out
1: and apologized um, for either like either like, thing.
2: Well, there you go. So th- there's there is a dark aspect of this where they're they're coating these guys in a very candy crust coating that they're perfectly willing to take advantage Mark of. Mark Wahlberg did apologize. Daughter,
4: Mark Wahlberg did apologize. Mark, who hey. did? Mark Did he? okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Mark Mark. <laughs> Do it live. He said that he was deeply sorry and had
2: Come on the show and tell us about
5: it. Mark.
4: Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so, went when about in good vibrations. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh no. Thank you for
2: clearing um, that up. I, I really like so
4: Yeah, he was yeah.
2: A classic bare naked ladies line is the uh, "it's as plain as the face yes! under your nose," you know, which is is just a really fun line, but it's also a double entendre yeah. because it's talking about how oh, plain they are, you I know, am. like New Kids on the Block. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything, right? Uh, y- you know, like again, going back to what Aaron was saying about it, it being so bland that you know it's an empty vessel that you can pour your own meaning into. Um, and that's really interesting. And the Elvis mm-hmm. line is interesting, too. And Heidi, you were talking about this, too, because Elvis and the Beatles had the same reaction with young people, but t- particularly uh, at least portrayed as uh, a lot of young teen screaming girls uh, at their concerts. But Elvis and the Beatles were not calcified yeah. in this way. They were allowed mm-hmm. to grow and change. Marshall, Matt, please, and it's interesting that. The, the way people think about Elvis particularly is really interesting. As, as boomer oh. culture kind of sunsets and, and we look back, you know, Elvis, for the longest time, it was like, oh, you're either Elvis or you're the Beatles and whatever. And people are still kind of into the Beatles, I guess. But Elvis has been kind of reevaluated, not just as an individual, but as, as a movement of of whitewashing mm-hmm. black music. And, and then you get guys like Chuck Berry, also not a perfect individual, um, completely taking over when people talk about early rock and roll, they talk about, well, Chuck Berry invented rock and roll and then like white guys took it and, and created Elvis and and what have you like people. I don't think people think about Elvis no. today the way they used to.
1: Well, and I think that that goes right along with this group though, as well. Like, as I mentioned before with Maurice Starr, like, he was intentionally trying to whitewash R&B music,
4: which is... But I don't think... Elvis was not yeah, intentionally and, and trying so, to whitewash black music. Elvis. Well, no, no, no. But Maurice was. Was not at all. I mean, when he went in to record, and they said he sounds like a black dude, we right. we're going to put him on that radio. Like he, because he he entrenched himself in that culture. He bought yeah. the clothes. He, he went to the clubs. Oh sure, so sure. And, and you know, there's there's lots. No, he,
1: no, no. Like, no. But this group was, no, but or or no. i should, should say that but their in, producer their manager was specifically and intentionally right. trying to do that and and i that disgusts me to right. be honest like the fact that he intentionally did that
2: right but going back to like what I was saying about rock and roll, like the point of all of that is that black music wouldn't sell. Right. Mm-hmm. So they got white guys to do it and, and whether or not the white guys had the best intentions, you can also argue that having white guys performing black music is what brought that to a bigger oh, audience. There's a difference and between to, Elvis to and, and Pat Boone
4: singing, like Pat Boone singing Tutti Frutti was horrifying <laughs> and terrible. Um, I mean, Uh, please come on the show when you stop doing those commercials for whatever (laughs) um but yeah i mean there was some horrifyingly bad whitewashed music because exactly andrew they were trying to get you know they were trying to get it on the radio and they figured well i mean they were they were crashing elvis's records because it was inappropriate for public consumption like because he was too he right, sounded right. black and he sounded like something you didn't want your daughters <laughs> to listen to so I and I and so there was a lot of that intentional going on in the 1950s but this was this was created this became a machine mm-hmm. of creation in the 80s late 80s and early 90s mm-hmm. that I mean they found the formula yeah.
1: I want to go back to something you said Andrew well, real to, quick. To- that face, the face and Go nose line, is once again BNL flipping a typical normal thing. We normally would say the face, the nose on your face, like it's as plain as the nose on your face. They flip that line. It's as plain as the face under your nose. So they're like, okay, we'll let's yes. play play around with that a little bit.
2: Yeah, I I don't know if there's a point to doing that other than it being fun. I'm I'm not sure it really says anything otherwise, but it is it is an interesting line that they did that.
1: Heidi, we didn't hear your favorite line.
4: I'm thinking that that is like where you you can see my name, like their name oh. is in lights, and the girls are lifted, their faces up, so it's almost like they're the face like. So I'm wondering if it has, like, they're what? looking, because their name is big and in length, so maybe it has something to do with that.
5: It. Mm. like the face mm. under your nose when mm. you're reading all the magazines, the teen gossip mags.
4: Oh, that could be or it, too. I could, yeah. I could or I just it's
5: a funny line and the guys are just really funny.
4: <laughs> I think it was just <laughs> a, funny a funny line. Funny.
5: Sometimes, it's like Sometimes
4: water oh, yeah. is just water, Heidi. <laughs>
5: Justin, do you have a favorite line the from this? The Elvis one's a big one uh, because mm-hmm. of just what it means. But hang on now. I had it here. I had to actually go look because uh, they re- – oh, my – yeah, the line where it actually says he sold his soul and you crowned him king and all that. I mean, I I did a paper way back when about Elvis and the Beatles and how they were screwed. And uh, it was more his movie career that really skyrocketed him, him on, on top of his music. Mm-hmm. But anyway – because then you also got to see how pretty he was. Um, <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. Could that also be a reference? Because he he sang yeah,
5: that's right. uh,
2: spiritual music yeah, before no, but he that, did rock. That's it. what yeah. like he, he was not?
5: in choirs and gospel music was his bag. And then they got him shaking his hips and then everything went downhill from there. Well, and so, that's
4: the reason why Ed Sullivan like basically crowned him for the yeah. American public when he sang a gospel song yeah. on Ed Sullivan. And if Ed Sullivan said he was a good boy, then the American yeah. white middle you know, class would say, Oh, Elvis is a good Quinkly, boy. He won't make it. Make his records fifteen
5: surfer movies. <laughs> um but right. anyway, but the, the thing that I love the most about this song is and it, I don't. And again, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it because it could be that they're making fun of how easy it is to make a rhyming song for a bunch of little pop boys to sing or not. But the fact that the best thing that they could think of to rhyme "New Kids on the Block" with is Johann Sebastian Bach, and you're sitting there kind of just going, "Really? Like that's what you picked? Yeah. All right. I mean, that's fine. But the fact, yeah." Okay, okay, we all know guys, you were band fine. geeks. Thanks, guys. You
0: know. <laughs>
5: I know, I mean, Just to make sure you Luddites know who, who music is made by, we'll throw out a big one, eh? <laughs> so I laugh at that a bunch think... because it's both them poking fun at the audience for eating up like the new kids stuff, but at the same time, they're also making fun of the fact that it's basically like rhyming baby with baby in the same damn song.
0: <laughs>
5: you know? So I laughed at that a lot every time. And the fact they repeat the fact that... And I also had a lot of fun with them trying to sing the lyrics in the background of the last chorus. That's a good...
1: So yeah, we haven't gotten to that yet. Yeah. Did every... So how many references oh, did God. you guys catch?
4: step one really be good yeah um oh,
1: step one is from step by step step,
4: by step right step one, one,
6: one we can have lots of fun
4: right stuff.
1: Yep. Uh, think of what you say. I, think of what you I, do. You're, think you're of what I, I think Justin. Justin, did you get no, that line? I don't know. Oh. That one came from Games. Oh. And then on the re- variety recordings version. And of course, just before that, that last chorus starts off, you hear Ed in the background yelling, Hang Tough. Oh, no, tough. So that is from Hang Tough. There is one more reference at the end of the song. I don't know, though. And I even, I even went to some of the people who love New Kids on the Block and I asked them and they couldn't quite. But I get the feeling they're doing something which is after the O.O.O.s or the relatively close ones that they do. At, right afterwards, he does. A-
2: is that what he's saying or is he saying, hey, gang? Is that what he, is that what he's saying? I always thought he was saying "Hey," he says it earlier in the song too.
5: I I could be wrong. I don't know.
2: Okay,
4: I just thought he was saying "Hey." I thought that was just
5: Steve being Steve because he does that in other songs.
4: That's what I thought too. I never. I
2: I don't. I could be mishearing it. I don't know. But halfway through the song, there's another one of these too, where I I think it's the second the the first refrain of "I didn't ask to be famous, but I'm not sad," and then they say something after Mm -hmm. it that I'm interpreting. I'm not afraid. I'm um, not afraid or I am afraid. I'm not afraid. But I'm, not,
4: I'm not afraid.
2: See, I'm, I'm not afraid.
1: Not afraid.
4: I'm, I'm not it's
1: afraid. Okay. Right. Is that I'm a reference or, or are they
2: saying something about this character here?
1: I couldn't find any reference when I searched it up. Um It doesn't mean that, it, that it's not. It's just I couldn't find that. I was hoping that it would be because it it's kind of random and out of nowhere and doesn't connect to the line just before it so i want to say it's a reference i just Mm. don't get
5: the only other thing i'm i'm hoping it's a reference because that'd be fun but the only other thing i could figure is that it's also the sub and this is really reaching here guys um it could also be the subtext behind the fact that this is a guy who has to put on a veneer of tough guyness or cool guyness for his audience and yet at the same time, he's sincerely concerned or worried about either his performance or will the producers like this or will the fans like this and all the other garbage that comes with it. Like, I'm not sad. I'm not afraid either and has to make that point. But that's more of a subconscious thing. But I really didn't want to try and delve too deep into that thinking. It was like right, it could just be Ed messing around. <laughs>
1: So yeah. when I type in the lyrics for New Kids on the Block and I ask I ask it for I'm course, not afraid no, you know, it comes yeah. back with oh, I'll still be loving you. So maybe it's in there but I don't want to torture myself and have to listen to yeah, another good. song. Fine. <laughs> Please
2: don't but it also do kind it. of undermines part of the the theme of the song because <laughs> you know at face value the song is like well you know like fame isn't all it's cracked up to be it's really rough they won't let me grow up but he's also saying like well I didn't ask for this but you know hey I'm not sore about it I'm not sad I'm not afraid your daughter's on my bus like. This isn't a really cool guy at the end. Like, he's kind of an unreliable narrator of his own
5: story here, right? I mean, the only thing he has to say, too, is, and I'm rich. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah exactly. He's, you know, like, I can fight. Yeah, I can rich. kick your ass. I've got your daughter in my, on my bus. Like, by the end of the song, he's less cool than at, at the beginning. You're like, oh, poor new kid. You're having a rough time.
1: Does anyone else have anything else that they would like to to talk about with this song, lyrics or music? No, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two more notes that we didn't get to. Um, first of all, Louis Melville starred on this doing the pedal steel guitar. We want to give him credit um and then the other thing is that we haven't mentioned is all the false stops all the false endings that happen throughout this song where they come Mm -hmm. to a complete stop and then continue going and then they do it three times at the end of the song as well um which i find it really interesting that they do it and they do it well enough that it still feels fresh when they're doing it
4: Mm. oh yeah
5: i like to think that still harkens back to their early sound because Personally, without sounding funny about it, I think that's almost musician shorthand for showing off. Like, all five of us are going to stop at the same time. And then we're going again. It's kind of like, yeah. And I love that because it just shows off that, yes, they are talented. And when they're grooving together in the one room, it just it's awesome to watch. But that's what I read that as. That's more just like the whole, the guys are just like, this is an okay song, but let's just do it.
2: I, we're going I love that so much. I we're think good. you're a thousand percent correct. On it. <laughs> they're just showing off. What a bunch of juice.
1: Agreed. And I Agreed. still love it. I love I love yeah. hearing it.
5: And I mean, again, with the with the Gordon album, they do that a lot. Like uh, there are some times that they're mm-hmm. between what Heidi and Aaron were talking about with their choices of uh, pitch and everything else, like just where they start and everything is kind of like, just even trying to figure it out, like that one chord from Hard Day's Night. Like, what is it? Uh, I love listening to them go all over the place with their tunes, just because of the fact that it's like, why did they choose that chord? Ah, who cares? It's awesome. <laughs> and, yeah, They could. Somebody grew a sixth finger and decided to do that chord. What odds? <laughs> no, I love that stuff. I love the little bit of music technology funk that they get into sometimes just to show off. That's what it feels like. I mean, if you can grease the inside of a, of a uh, bongo drum to make it part of Enid, then, my God, you can do whatever the heck you want.
1: So, uh, the rating for this week is going to be... I mean, it just works out perfectly, and I. so we have to do it. How many and which new kids on the block do you give this song?
2: Oh, and which? There are Ooh. five new kids. Yeah, thanks.
1: There's five new kids uh, of the
2: official I'm band, so because there's there's Wahlberg and there's young Michael Jackson and there's the brothers <laughs> and
1: I'm sure he does not like to be known that way.
5: And, and there's Danny, so, so we have yeah, Jordan, the, Danny, the
1: George, Donnie, John, and Joey. We got the one who tries to do the false du- the false base. We have the yeah, that, that guy there.
2: Look, the <laughs> <No>. guy. <laughs> that's the guy. I love.
5: Him. Hey, that's a
2: guy. Love him in,
5: in the in the, in the cartoon. He beats <laughs> yeah. people up because he's the football guy. <laughs> uh,
1: why don't we start off with you, Andrew? How many new kids on the block do you give this song? Uh,
2: I'm going to say that like Donny Wahlberg and and. The young one and the guy with the hat. And I'm just gonna and I'm just gonna count the brothers as one guy. So that's only four. I'm just gonna rank it a four. It's a firm four. Um and I think that you know, it's it's a great song. It it's great as part of the tapestry of Gordon, and it's a lot of fun, but if I'm putting it up next to the rest of Gordon, it's just not going to be as up there as a lot of Gordon. So, you know, it's, it's and, not, Andrew. can you, can you do me a favor? Yeah. From now on, when you talk about new kids
1: on the block, can, can you please not refer to it as a firm for, I just,
2: <laughs> there's nothing firm about it. <laughs> that video ruined it for me. Oh no. Um, <laughs> I just feel like if you put this up against Brian Wilson it's it's just no contest if you if you put it up against yoko ono it's it's not really as good it's it, 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 you know i love this song but if i'm putting it up against the rest of gordon then it's a lower tier gordon song so that's a four for me
5: all right justin Ugh. i'm gonna because he was short i'm gonna count one of the brothers as half and make it a 3.5. Uh, so I'll give it to his other brother with the greasy hair, Jordan, J- Janet, what is it? You know, help John me out here, Hyde. Jessamine. J- <laughs> Jay Schmidt, sure. Um, not Donnie. Donnie can go away. I liked him better when he was in uh, Dreamcatcher as that weird guy that they had to no, go find.
2: not in Dreamcatcher. Never reference
5: anyway.
1: that film, never.
5: No. It's wonderful. There's there's butt toilet monsters. It's great. Um, no, but three and a half. Just because I'm pretty much down the middle here. Because uh, I agree hundred percent with Andrew. The it's okay. I think I wonder if I'd like it as much if it wasn't on Gordon. I think that's the nicest way to put it. If this mm-hmm. was on one of their next albums, like if this, which wouldn't fit, is the other side no. of it too. New Kids would fit nowhere else. That's true. It needs to be on Gordon. But let's say, hypothetically, there was some 1.5 in between Gordon and Maybe You Should Drive, where they slapped a couple other songs. I wouldn't care. This wouldn't be as good as some of their other stuff. I mean, even Bedside Manor, with their rockin', driving beat at the beginning and then slappin' into something. I love that song, even though it is the most ridiculous song I can think of on the whole slappin' album. But... It's okay. I like it. But I think the one thing that said it for me was the fact that it reminded me of a, of, uh, Help Me Out, Andrew. Der, uh, the Farmer with the Dirty Hank. Course, uh, that's straw, straw Hat and Dirty Hank. Straw Hank. Hat! Thank you. Straw Hat and Dirty Hank. It reminded me of that one. And I friggin' love that song. So, it's a good song. You know, is it just because it's reminding me of other better songs? Or is it its own thing? I don't know. So 3.5. Chop one of the brothers in half. I'm good. <laughs>
2: So you're rating this song less than I rated a little tiny song, which
5: is great. (laughs) I love that. Yes. That is amazing. That is what I'm doing. Stop Stop judging your scores by mine. I I just want (laughs) to
2: add.
4: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Aaron, what do you, how many, how many uh, new kids are you giving this song?
0: Oh, I I think I'm fairly in alignment with Andrew. This is at least a four. It's very good. Um, I think I would nudge it just up above an even four, strictly because of that last verse where where Steve just goes off and has that amazing uh, vocal run there. Uh, So I will say I will award this song 4.1. We'll say... Axe, the hat guy and add in a temporary appearance from Marky Mark. Four point one <laughs> new kids out of five. Oh, he prices
2: righted me. Well, that
4: brings us to Heidi. Um, I am in alignment with I think Justin. Um, that, or maybe I'm more in alignment with Andrew at this one. Um, I think Jim's bass solo oh, at. Well is is so cool in this that it kind of gives me like it just gives me good jimmy cregan vibes but um i'm gonna give it a four so i'm gonna take joey nice. mcintyre out of it <laughs> So i can keep <laughs> yeah. the guy in the hat no
1: no, no. no no he's the young one
4: he's the the young blonde, curly-haired ones, so. and that's
1: the other thing. Poor Joey. He was three years younger than most of the rest of that band. Like, ha- the on the block? which
4: normally thir- three
1: years isn't a big difference, but sixteen to thirteen—that that, that is like tremendous amount of.
5: They he was thirteen.
4: Yeah, Heidi. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I wasn't. Oh well, yeah, maybe he's wait, not, wait,
5: 13 wait. Anymore, Andrew. Oh, not thirteen okay.
2: anymore. And not
4: thirteen anymore.
5: He's like sixty-five now. <laughs>
4: I didn't know we were talking about wait, them now. How old is he now? Wait, how old is Joey? Alexa, how old is Joey McIntyre?
1: He was born in seventy-two.
4: Joey McIntyre is forty-eight years old. I'm forty-seven, so oh, well. I'm okay. Yeah, you're you're fine. <laughs> I was born in seventy four, so I'm good. All
5: right. Yeah, but he's forty. He's forty eight in like Hollywood years because of yeah. all the roads. So he's like sixty eight, seventy yeah. now. I mean, he's got he's got tire wear. He's, he's been road
4: sport. hard and put away wet. Yeah. Good
0: to- Lord. Bounces out.
5: Do you say tire
2: wear? <laughs> like he? Yes. He's covered so in skid marks or something. <laughs> he was on the
5: road, sure. You're going to have to rotate
0: your (laughs) McIntyres. Rotate your (laughs) McIntyres.
4: And with that, folks, (laughs) thank you for joining us
1: on this one. So I love this song. Um, I I think it's amazing. Um, I'm probably going to give the highest score out of anyone. I love the fact that it starts off with this drum, this killer drum and bass and then it explodes from there. And of course that bridge is just amazing. Um, I might hate new kids on the block, but I love this song. Um, I love the juxtaposition of an adult band looking back on a boy band um, that that aren't adults yet and just like saying, well, they must love their life, but it must be hard. Like, I just love that BNL is doing that at this early stage in their career. that slow start and then that built to that exuberance and and celebration at the end it it's hard for me not to love the song. I have to give it a four point six five.
2: Whoa. Whoa! Why don't Whoa. you
5: marry the song? No. The, the
1: big guns.
5: Well, now I feel like a dick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and uh if we ha- we haven't heard from them yet because they're not here tonight but they are hopefully going to be recording with us um on thursday stefan and jeff what are your thoughts on this song i got stefan and jeff with me tonight to to share their thoughts were you a new kids fan jeff
7: yes absolutely 100 i was a new kids fan i saw them live um uh yes i actually had a huge crush on joey by the way i'm a big joey fanboy. i had a huge crush on joey when i was in school um but uh yeah don't know but new kids on the block and i'm not kidding but um new kids on the block yeah they're better than people give them credit for i mean it's one of those bands where they're remembered for you know hanging tough and uh um the right stuff and uh, and those kinds of things but um, they're a band that over the years is, has really been awesome. They wrote one of my favorite songs of all time which is tonight. New Kids on the Block have been a band since the late 80s till now. Yes they're still together they're still putting out music and uh, yeah they're still they're still making music. They made a, they made a song two years ago uh, two years ago called the Boys in the Band, which is literally an homage to boy bands from the 70s till now where they pay their respects they pay tribute to boy bands in the 70s. All the way till now, so it's basically new edition to BTS and everything in between. Awesome song! If you've never seen it, go check out the video. If you're an 80s kid like I am, you will love it. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, the uh, but but no, throughout the years, and first of all, the um, bare naked ladies are wrong, they did write their own songs. Um, so I do need to correct that right off the bat. They wrote a lot of their own songs.
1: They wrote, I would say, at most half of their songs, at, at, with the, which is more than Elvis yes. did. Well, that, oh, yes. <laughs> more than Elvis But, I mean, Maurice Starr did write the majority of the songs that were published. When they were, manu- when they were, when manu- they were manufactured. Correct. When they were manufactured, yes. yes. Um, once they, they, they had actually. Once they kicked him to yes. the curb, then they started writing right.
7: their own stuff. So here's what I would say to people. Uh, if you want my opinion of new kids on the block, go check out their later stuff after the Marie Sears. go check out their stuff when they reformed and uh, came back in. Um, you know, the, um, the brothers night and Donnie and Joey and George, uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, Donnie, uh, Danny sound sounded amazing. Um, actually one of the best harm bands um, that I've heard in a while
1: like their harms are tight on their later stuff. Okay, um, really solid harm. I I oh. will be honest, I have not listened to any of their later stuff. Okay. Well, okay, no, that's not true. I listened to one of their later songs which also had girl in the title and was was had creepy tones, but um <laughs>
6: <laughs> When did they when did they come back, Jeff?
7: Yeah, 2008 was their uh, kind of resurgence and then Um, They actually teamed up briefly with uh, BSB, with uh, Backstreet Boys. They did BSB, the super group, and uh, um, uh, Jordan, and I believe it was Nick Carter. Yeah, Nick Carter and Jordan. Nick Carter from Backstreet Boys. Jordan had their own band called Nick and Knight, (laughs) Um, (laughs) briefly. Uh, But yeah, they've actually been pumping out music ever since. And like two years ago, they actually put out a whole bunch of stuff. Um, They have a song called The Whisper which is really good. Um, I would say go check out tonight though. Go check out the video for, and the song for tonight because it's one of those, it's very deceptive. They're like reminiscing about all their previous stuff and then they just tear up the chorus and it's actually really cool. So um, yes, I would defend New Kids on the Block. I have been a fan
1: for a long time.
7: <laughs> what, what about you, one Stephen? was
6: album. It was one of mm-hmm. my first albums. Um, I haven't was gone it? beyond that. Uh, that was like a long, long time ago. Well, you guys know me by now. I think uh, I, I'm not like, I'll listen to music, but I'm not, you know, I, I don't follow and I don't uh, like try to keep up on the latest things. I don't, you know, I'm okay with the radio being on and I'm also, also okay with the radio being off. In fact, when I drive around in my yeah. car, it's mostly silence. So,
7: Ooh, see, I can't do that. Yeah, I, I, I
1: can't
6: do that. I I'm try. a quiet guy. Yeah, I, I don't in have the attendance quiet. stuff like that. So
7: oh, no, if, I, if I'm driving, I'm cranking. That that music's always blasting. Yeah, he's dancing in the uh, car too. I'm I am dancing in the car. Yeah,
6: <laughs> they were one of my first albums. That and um, Bon Jovi, "Slippery When Wet," and strangely enough, Violent Femmes. Um Three yeah. really good albums, by the way. Yeah, I, I don't know That's- how that. Worked out, but it did. But um, I don't
7: think that's that weird. I think that a lot of, people, like I know I had all three of those albums and they were all great.
1: Well, like, I think I they're the very. Album. It's a very eclectic. It list, is, yeah. But yeah. I don't but think you it's can, weird. You can,
6: no, I don't. Think I think had it's really had, uh, Led Zeppelin four, and that was great yeah, as was, well. Uh, so you like good music? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. that, that's pretty much all I had, and most <laughs> of them including New Kids on the, the Block, movie. right, Tracy? <laughs>
1: The silence is staying in <laughs>
7: <laughs> that awkward silence is sticking chug chug
0: chug chug. <laughs> no, I I
6: know I know the bare naked ladies song, New Kids Um on the Block, uh is similar in, in title to the band New Kids on the Block. Now is it really talking about them? Is the song about the new kids on the block? Yeah.
7: No, I think I think it definitely is taking the biggest stab at, at new kids on the block because of um them being one of the first like considered one of the first manufactured boy band pop uh, pop bands because that's what a lot of boy bands are. They're they're manufactured. There's a producer yep. that assembles a group of boys and they give them a bunch of songs and then they basically sell them like that. Not a new thing. The monkeys were the same thing, um, essentially. And the monkeys are, you know, considered, you know, by a lot of people greats in music nowadays. Um, and I, and I think that will happen with a lot of the boy bands of the day, honestly, but, um, years from now, but I think the song is kind of taking a stab at that whole thing. I personally don't think they're 100% making fun of boy bands. I, you could make the case that the, the song is, I think it's just referencing that kind of thing where you have a new kids on the block or a Backstreet Boys or an sync, which is a, um, a manufactured, Kind of pop band kind of thing um, That said, there's a ton of references About New Kids on the Block At the end, they sneak in references The four <laughs> TV songs um, Which I actually love uh, That they do that as, as a New Kids on the Block fan I'm also, I'm also you know, pretty warm On Backstreet Boys and, and 98 Degrees And some of them too In, in One Direction um, uh, And some of the others that were talked about In like the gamut of Boy Band New Edition, I love New Edition Uh, For example, um, if anyone was going to have a solo career, it was Jordan. And he did briefly. Mm -hmm. He had one big hit actually on his own. But uh, um, yeah, they were they were one of those bands that that didn't that didn't make it work alone, which most boy bands don't, except for 98 Degrees, obviously. But (laughs) (laughs) I I do love um, New Kid on the Block, the song. Um, And one of the reasons I love this song so much is because it's so surprising. It's so different. There's never a, a part that's the same. And the whole thing kind of sounds like a James Bond theme to me as well, too, I think. Um, but also has a uh, shades of box set. I think I hear a lot of box set in this one too. Box set and, and uh, new kid on the block, I think are very similar songs, but I love that the song never goes where you think it's going to go. And that's really cool.
1: Seven. What are your thoughts on this song? Uh, this is one of the, the few songs on- that you
6: actually knew of before the podcast. Yeah, I know. One of very few. <laughs> like uh I think I only had two um two albums from Bare Naked Ladies. One was Gordon. That was my go-to. That's what I uh was weaned on. And then uh I think uh I don't know, was it Rock Spectacle? Is that the Is that the album? The, li- the live album, yeah. Yeah. Well, I ended up yeah. losing that. C D. So I, I don't even I don't listen to that. It's been a long, long time since I've listened to Gordon, in fact. Probably like I don't know, a couple years at least. But um but yeah, I I love New Kids on the Block. Um and for me it it could have I never really I know that there was a reference to like New Kids on the Block, but for me this song wasn't really about boy bands. It could have been about Somebody showing up in a new neighborhood. Um, any number of different things like that. I, I'm not really good at translating songs. But uh, so, I mean, that was my first thought that crossed my mind. Okay. But I like the song. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Sorry, I'm not much for words today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jeff, what, tell me what you like lyrically with this song.
7: Uh I mean the rhyme sequence the lyrics in this song are are beautiful. I mean this is uh, quintessential you didn't get this quite as much in later BNL but it's that it's got that uh twist of phrase that they do so well with the lyrics and uh the humors in there there's a constant uh, run of humor going through this. I really really enjoy. I mean it's got a simple kind of AABB rhyme scheme most of the time but uh I do like that they they compare new kids on the block to Bach and Elvis <laughs> which I thought was kind of brilliant uh brilliant rhyme right off the start of a new kid on the block uh though I may not be Johan Sebastian Bach we may not we may not write the songs we sing but look at Elvis he sold a soul and you mean him king like uh that right there great rhyme scheme um I always loved in the first verse um like I said one thing I do Really appreciate about the song is vocally how they do the lyrics. Uh, you can buy my lunchbox and you can wear my clothes. You can remember my name just as plain as the face under your nose. Uh, <laughs> that little moment where he does—he doesn't do the same rhythm for that fourth line. Uh, they tack that on at the end. Like those little moments in the song, I think are really, really cool. One thing that I love about the BNL New Kid on the Block is the second verse where he becomes the father for a brief second. Um. A lot of the song is told from the point of view. I, at least I think, a lot of the song is told from the point of view of the um, of the the singer, the boy band mm-hmm. act. I'm a new kid on the block. I may not be Johan may not be you, Sebastian Bach. We may not write the songs. It's told into perspective, um, but then. Uh, um, or I'm mean, not the father. I meant the the mother. Oh, um, of okay. course, cousin. Yes. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, so he goes into the uh, he goes in <laughs> went to register for the draft, and she said and she uh, stood there and laughed, and she said, "You're the new kid on the block. Young girls scream and old boys mock. Well, you broke my youngest daughter's heart. Well, I knew you kids were trouble from the start. I love the fact that the second chorus becomes the mother basically."
0: admonishing what him.
7: She's here. <laughs> yes <laughs> admonishing them being being that parent that we all had at that time and, I, and i've actually uh, preached about this because i grew up in the early 80s uh to 80s i was i was born in 76 i'm 45 so i heard like as the bands were changing in the early 80s we had a lot of new wave and synth rock and then we started to get the boy bands and different stuff and i heard my parents all the time this isn't like my music. You can't understand the words. And this isn't what I grew up with. And I'll look at the way they're dancing and look at what they're singing about. And um, and I said someday down the road, I'm not going to be that person. I, I was determined not to be that person. So as new music has come out uh, and movies, especially I, I watch a lot of horror movies. So I see this in the horror community, too people today are like look at that stuff from the 80s we don't have music like the 80s anymore we don't have music i'm like no don't do that <laughs> don't be that person that we said we wouldn't be um but yeah so you, you kind of saw it back. i do i do love that they snuck that in there as a chorus where they switch the perspective of who's saying the lines um, and saying something that a lot of us heard, especially, you know, um, you know, girls at the time, maybe that really loved the band and, and a lot of boys. But uh, it was hard to be. Uh, it was hard to be. A, um, I'm going to say this in a way and, and not hopefully take it the wrong way. It was hard to be a boy at this time and like new kids at the block. Yeah. It was different. You know, I, if oh you yeah. were a boy in the late 80s and you liked new kids on the block, you were shot. You got hit you were shunned yes and
1: uh or at least looked at it askance as what is wrong
7: and and that actually um that that's uh you can cut this stuff but that's actually new kids on the block was one of the times where i realized that it really sucked to be bisexual (laughs) because i love new kids on the block i thought they were hot as hell and uh and i love their music and stuff like that too and that's when you i first kind of felt that first tinge of i can't express who i am because Mm. i'm going to get the crap beat out of me um but yeah i had my i had my new kids on the block album and i would play it and then my sister was a big fan too so when we had like parties and stuff with our friends we would blast new kids on the block and i felt safe (laughs) there but i couldn't go to school and say you know man i love this band
1: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
6: was yeah they were good
1: (laughs) <laughs> was there anything about about this song that you liked lyrically Stefan
6: well that's what I was doing as Jeff was uh, uh, you know in the middle of a soliloquy <laughs> um, I was kind of just uh, you know reviewing uh, you know what the lyrics were you know I, I can understand the lyrics quite clear that uh, um, you know that they sing and it's just you're right Jeff that they you know, it's it's never the same. It's all different, and I think that I never really caught on to any of that. And I really like that. I think it's just, I think this just the song is just frigging good in all aspects of it. I think the writing is superb. I think the music is energetic, and singing is is up there. And it's like they produce this great sound, um, and it's just fantastic. And yeah, the
7: sound of the song is great. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah
6: They talk about um, you know people's daughters a lot, <laughs> but uh, I mean that's that's you know that's that's what it's like to have groupies that are following you around, especially if you're you know a new and up and coming band. And uh, how old were these guys when they wrote the song? They weren't. They, weren't they that were twenty twenty one when
1: they wrote the twenties,
6: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. So that's <laughs> boy band age. It really is mm-hmm. in a way you know when well, i feel like the this.
7: daughter lines are kind of um i i, I feel like BNL is poking fun but in a way they're kind of defending the bands too because um that that may be your daughter on the bus i don't take that as a mean line i take that no, as, no. i take a lot of them as look at what we're able to do and that third verse has to be one of the greatest things where he really does change what he does those soaring vocals and it ends with Uh, i can break dance i can fight i can kick your sorry ass, and i'm like yes like it's a great it's a great wrap-up on the third verse and i love it
6: yeah it's 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 just a great song
7: yeah yeah you
6: know i don't even know where to focus on on the lyrics they're just all over the place it's great and um yeah but i i think the thing that sticks out for me and every everybody else is the use of Johann Sebastian Bach in the whole thing is like, you'd never really, you know, they're like, oh, it's that Johann Sebastian Bach song. And it's like a uh, new kids on the uh, on the concrete or something like that. Uh, you know, but they they know that that bit of it. And a bit of tongue in cheek. too. Yeah, <laughs> Great.
7: <laughs> we're, we're nobody who learns, likes B&L is listening to Bach either you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah no no b and fans going and anyway after I listen to this album I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna crank up some concertos <laughs> really 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 crank this party up I actually um uh, back in July I got to uh go out to see uh Joe Bob Briggs one of my heroes in uh, uh Lee Hyten at the Mahoning and uh it was an hour and a half drive on a Saturday morning and this was the album I, I put on for that drive and uh it, for, and it had been a while since i listened to gordon and when this thing song came on i had forgotten how much i loved it and i'm like i like i said i blared this and i'm singing along driving down the road uh yeah it's just a feel-good driving
6: song too yeah well, i mean gordon gordon is quintessential BNL. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah, yeah that's what established the sound it's what established the band it's what established the the humor and the uh the creativity Man, it launched them. It's it's still, for me, one of the best
4: albums.
6: (laughs) You know, hands down. It's just awesome. The music is, uh, yeah.
1: So I I have a question for you both. Jeff, how many new kids on the block do you give this song? How many new kids on the block? Is this what you come up with when I'm not around? There were five of them. (laughs) It fits perfectly. (laughs) And you have to tell us which new kids you put in there.
7: Oh, wow. That's going to be weird considering we're going to have like... How many new kids on the block? Uh I love this song. Uh, Is it one of my top, top, top B&L songs? No, there's things Uh. I like lyrically better. No, it's not. There are things I like lyrically better. Uh, There are things I like musically better. There's things that tackle lyrically messages i think are more poignant and uh stronger that's it i love this song and one of the beautiful things about this song that i that it does so right it is, is it never is the same the chorus is never the same the verse is never the same the music's never the same um it does well well i mean well, it, sort no, no i mean even um the instrumentation changes on it uh yeah. the way the melody is sung changes there's oh, yes. never a time where it's it's exactly the same Um, Just absolutely love it. I think it's a a lyrically fun song. I think it's a fun driving song. I'm going to give this one a 4.6. New Kids on the Block. And the new kids on the block are obviously Joey, who's um, a Joey Joey Stan. Um, we got to get Jordan in there. I mean, he's the falsetto guy. He had the solo career. Um, Jonathan, you know, yeah, we'll put him in there. He's one of them. Um, And, of course, Donnie, because I'm a horror fan. And he was in Saul too, so we got to get Donnie in there. So poor Danny, you are the point six. I apologize, Danny, but I
3: hopefully, Danny, I
7: love you. Come on the show, we know you listen.
0: Wow! All right, all right, there, Stefan.
6: Wow! How do I live up to that? Oh, it's pretty easy. Um. Spoiler <laughs> twist.
0: <laughs> uh.
6: <laughs> i know you know it's like it's gordon it's it's my it's my jam i love i, I like it when the band is together you know i was kind of devastated when steve left i'm like all right well the band's gone and then uh i went with tracy to see bnl um live in, in portland maine and uh it was ed lead singing and ed well ed I don't, not his last name but ed was the lead singer? I'm like, you know, it's he, he, he's, he's trying, he's doing it, singer, he's though. trying, but it's it's just not <laughs> the same. He sang solos was on songs really? from the beginning, was he? yes, was he? from no. the very from Gordon. He sang well, leads on songs. That's different than being a lead singer, now, isn't it? Yeah, that's different if than being I a lead singer.
7: From um, this building, that's it.
1: That that's not I know, but I'm just the first album, an example. but yeah. <laughs>
6: Yeah, no. So, um, yeah, gosh. Uh, musically, it's it's an awesome song. Um, they don't go over the top in spots, but they add in different elements and um, the range of sounds is just spectacular. I mean, he scored it like 4.6. I was going to rank it like 5 all the way across the board. Everything from Gordon, I was going to rank 5. Except for the whole Yoko Ono <laughs> one, which is weird. There um, is a song
7: on. There is a song is on Gordon. And I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't know if we've done it or not. I have to check. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not talking about it. Yeah. No, we have to what see is if- that?
1: Brian Wilson. Seriously. <laughs> Brian Wilson <laughs> is a seven. <laughs> yeah.
6: All right. So how many don't you get- give this a five, Stefan? Yeah. So, um, well, let's say, um, you know. Ah, uh, uh, you know what? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I don't mean, look down on my four point six. I can't
7: think a 4. of any reason. Is a huge score, man. It, we're probably we're both higher than everybody else from Tuesday. Who who were probably uh, all like uh, yeah. Stephen is. Okay. Who were probably all like big yeah. haters on Tuesday yeah, well. when we weren't there to give them you know spirit and energy and joy in their life. <laughs> <laughs>
6: it's all good it's all good and as for our band members um can you name them billy ocean <laughs> yeah oh yeah billy ocean uh-huh lionel Richie. Mm-hmm. yeah huey lewis mm-hmm.
7: john Oates? daryl
6: hall mm-hmm. okay okay no he doesn't make the cut rockwell um <laughs> I don't know who Eddie, Rockwell is. Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> he had a song. I do know who that is. He had two uh, he had like three albums. He did he did awesome in Dream Girls, man. And then he followed it up with Solid Norbert. Yeah, yeah. He actually
7: he wanted to have a music career. He actually put out like three albums. <laughs> you remember one song though. My girl yes. wants to <laughs> all party the all the time. Yeah. Oh, so you were the one that was higher than me. This... <laughs> My so,
6: point five, point 0.05 Who yeah. is this Justin kid and what is his address <laughs> <laughs>
7: Oh my gosh are we not getting a pun tonight this is going to ro- this is going to mess up my world Oh I already did the pun last night I know night. this is Tuesday This is going to mess
1: up my world Does it does it make you really sad Jeff Yeah it makes Is it like a new feeling like a new type of sad
7: Thank you I appreciate that I feel you're, I you're feel welcome. grounded
1: now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so this week's appearance um is not really an appearance. I apologize, but I really want to go and plug Andy Cregan just released Andy Works 4. Ooh. Go out. Go online, buy it. It's on Spotify, but if you want to listen to it first, but I recommend just going out and buy it. Support Andy and his and his independent stuff.
0: Andy, if you want to come back on the show anytime.
4: <laughs> Please, Andy. I, I listened to that oh. interview this week, too, and it was so good. Andy I was, was amazing. So, so good. He was so great. I want so to great. ask him
5: questions about his uh, approach to greasing the inside of a bongo.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know.
5: About bongo grease? Oh, yeah, all day. If you want to come on. Out- okay. Hey, hey, hey.
4: How do you grease your bongos?
1: When, when he's doing that, it, it sounds almost like the the bongo is crying. It's it just sounds
4: the bongos crying.
1: It sounds like a just a new sad type of sound.
4: Nobody got the reference. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it's because I was trying, trying to
4: crying. No,
1: I was trying okay. to go for the pun for next week.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: Because next week, I think you. next week, Heidi, we're, we're talking about a song I know that you love, New Sad. So join us next week, guys. Do you have anything that you would like to
2: plug?
4: <laughs> Sorry,
2: <laughs> I'd like Heidi. to plug Heidi. Uh, she's she's very happy, whatever she, she's doing is working, and you should do the same.
5: And if you, uh, <laughs> since we're coming to that season of the year once again, that comes with happily with October. If you want to hear about the, one of the best 80s horror films ever to come out that are basically the mix of Goonies and Universal Studios Monsters, then go over to our uh, By the Minute podcast of Monster Squad Minute.
1: I highly recommend it. I really we enjoyed We talk
5: it. about uh, Halloween music and Halloween movies too, I think
2: yeah we do so you can set your halloween playlist up uh, as we're getting into the spookum Mm -hmm. season and also halloween movies and specifically halloween movies not just horror movies but movies that kind of work in the autumnal halloween mode which monster squad does and everybody should go and watch monster squad right now
0: thanks that was fun don't forget no regrets
3: except maybe